Good morning, good morning. I am Todd Brinker. This is Back from the Brink. Aaron will be joining us shortly. This is the after show for our morning radio show on the Brink that's played on KCAA Radio. You can check it out live on KCAA Radio in San Bernardino and Riverside Counties, 1050 AM, 106.5, 102.3 FM. And you can listen to it streaming as well. If you go to kcaradio.com, you can listen to the uh the radio show. Um, I will tell you that when they post those radio shows, they often um, start or they cut right in the on the hour, which is usually some commercials, and then we start up a few minutes afterwards. So you may need to jump into it a little bit to start the show. Um, so don't be put off if you listen to the radio show podcast and uh, and hit some commercials and then and then oh hey there they are there. It's not just a recording of commercials. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 not done as neatly as I would like that cut to be, but life is life, right? So um, we finished the radio show today that I eventually got to. I overslept this morning, and boy, I was out of it. Uh, my uh, backup alarm didn't go off. My primary alarm didn't go off, but my backups, backups, backups alarm, which is my wife going, get out of bed. Uh, she came walking in after doing her morning walk and went, what are you still doing here? I don't understand. Why are you in bed? And I'm like, oh. So, uh, yeah, I uh, eventually woke up and got going. But uh, it took, you know, it's one of those days where you just, you, you're dragging and you go like, wow, why on earth did that take me so long to get my fanny out of bed? But uh, it did. And... Um, you know, I'm here now. I'm awake. Uh, that was just weird. It was just weird. Uh, we were talking about the uh, pl- uh, the comet Neowise, and today is its closest pass to Earth. So tonight at sunset, if you want to see it, it is now at about 20 degrees above the horizon, and um, and it's as close as it's going to get. Probably going to be about as easy to see tonight as you can see it anywhere. It's going to start fading from here on out. So tonight, maybe tomorrow night, is sort of probably your last chances to really see it well. And from what I've been reading, uh, you know, and and just my own experience is it's something that you really it's really hard to see. If you look straight at it, your eyes may not be even able to to recognize it's out there. But if you look at it and kind of look away. Uh, and you use sort of your peripheral vision, you're more sensitive to light that way, and you might be able to see it better. Uh, Definitely, if you get to a dark place, a darker area, and I don't mean, you know, emotionally, I mean physically darker place, um, you know, if you can get to, uh, you know, a desert or um, someplace where it's A, flat, and B, away from from city lights, uh, then you can see it better. And if you've got binoculars or a, a good zoom lens on a camera, you're more likely to be able to see what's going on than uh, than otherwise. So a couple different options there. Um, here in Southern California, probably one of the better places to do would be go up towards um, Victorville uh, or up uh, in the grapevine where you can you know get up away from light and see 
what's going on, just depending on where you live in, in the Southland, um, uh, other places in the country, I'm sure in different areas you'll have better places. But if you get away from a city, you're better off. Here's Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hello. Hey, Todd. <laughs> what was it? Hello, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's not here. He's asleep. You take it. See ya. <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, an embarrassing morning. Yeah, I certainly have. Yeah, that was just bizarro. I mean, um, yeah, I, I don't understand why. You know, at first I thought, well, is my phone not there? No, my phone's there, and that's one alarm. But then I physically have another alarm that goes off. Why didn't that go off? I don't understand why none of the alarms went off. So I got some, I got some splaining to do. Well, it, it, they may have gone off, and you were just deep in asleep, and in your deep sleep, you turned them off, or. You know, yeah. it sounds to me like you needed the rest. It's very possible, and I guess so. You know, you just listen to your your body and say, "All right, well, I guess I'm sleeping today." Uh, <laughs> hope it doesn't hope it doesn't become a habit. You know, <laughs> it's like, come on, that was weird. You know, yeah. and then and then when you're woken up like that, you know, you're you're just dazed. You know, yeah. <laughs> just I'm, Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I got woken up, and I, I I literally kind of like stand up real quickly, and and then grab my phone. And then I, I take about three steps and then go, you know, I'm kind of like staggering. And I, and I set the phone down back on the bed. And it's like, wait a minute. I, what now? Um, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom first. You know, that's what I <laughs> So I do that. Then I come back out. And it's like, okay. So I grab my watch and put that on as I'm walking out. And, uh, and you know, and I kind of grabbed a, uh, um, usually I have a cup of coffee. Didn't do that. But I grabbed a, a, a green juice i've been juicing and so i grabbed one of those on the way out to the shack out back and nice chugged it as i walked out here luckily didn't spill any heavily staining green stuff all over me which wouldn't have been a bit of a surprise quite frankly (laughs) so you You know know, we were oh go ahead no no i i was gonna since you're talking about this fresh you know you're juicing Uh my brother and his wife came over with a with a bag of fresh out of their garden tomatoes, some fresh herbs, mm. and some fresh catnip, and um, and so Ooh, I uh, gotta love that. took and some of the t- the tomatoes were red, and then there were two there were two or three orange tomatoes, and I had never seen an orange tomato, uh-huh. um, and never tasted an orange tomato. So I made them into a salad last night. Oh my goodness, it was so good. Yeah, so, there's nothing know, like I, fresh vegetables. They're just oh, and and. and not just fresh from the store, but like garden fresh. You know, the tomatoes, there's such a, so when we have two big dogs and when they pass away, we're going to landscape our backyard because, um, we have not done that because our dogs are diggers and, uh, basically our backyard looks like the moon. So we, um, uh, we're, we'll re-landscape the backyard and make uh-huh. it look pretty. And I want to put in a garden because the difference in flavor with the tomatoes, especially yeah. Was like night and day. It really is. Night and day. It really is. They have to pick, even the fresh fruit in your grocery store is usually picked, especially with fruits, and that, and that includes tomatoes, um, are picked so early, so unripe, and then they're ripened along the way. And and they're just flavorless. I mean, even if they they're are. not, even if they're not 
mush, but their texture and their flavor are just different than something that's literally vine ripened. And the things you buy in the grocery store that they have air quotes around vine ripened, you know, tomatoes still attached to the vine, that just means they cut the vine early. They still are shipping them and cutting them much earlier because they have to. If they cut them when they were actually ripe, by the time they got to you, they'd be a pile of mush. Well, and they wouldn't stack well. So right. the, the, the tomatoes that you find in the store, you're totally 100% right. They yeah. are, the, the skin is thicker. The, the walls of the fruit are yeah. thicker because they hold up better under stacking. Well, right. you know, I, I want one that holds up better for eating. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, and that also has to do with the um, the varieties that they choose to put in the stores, right? It's because they pick yes. the varieties that are, are uh, pulpier and tougher and not necessarily more flavorful and delicious. Right. And so, and yeah, it was yeah. so. And I, we had gone to Sprouts, um, and got a bunch of fresh produce. So I had fresh corn. This is a black bean and corn. It's like my favorite summer salad. Um, and I, you know, red red onions and fresh corn. I cut it off the cob myself, and um, then these fresh tomatoes and jalapenos and uh, bell pepper, uh, olive oil, lime juice, salt, and garlic. Oh, it just sounds Why like not? torture. I mean. Must be awful was, having to eat that. Oh, it was so good. Summer <laughs> in a bowl. It was yeah. so good. So sounds sounds really yummy. <laughs> sounds really yummy. You know, we were talking about Comet Neowise as we uh, left the radio show, and it was reminding me of a visit that I took to the Lowell Observatory in Phoenix, and thinking that boy, they must be having a, a fun time watching this up there because. Um, you know, although the main observatory is now, they, they still run the observatory, but they have an observation site where they have that's offsite. They call it their dark site. That's a couple miles away from the city because the main well, observatory. Phoenix is a big city. Uh, I said Phoenix. I'm sorry, Flagstaff. Oh, Flagstaff. Oh, okay. It's in Flagstaff. But Flagstaff's still a, a decent sized city, and there's enough light pollution there that that the observatory, which once was sort of out in the sticks, is now surrounded by homes and stuff like that, and so it's it's now. Uh, not really functional as a great observatory. I mean, it still works, uh, and they put uh, special filters and they do solar observations there because uh, obviously, if you're looking at the sun, you know, darkness is not a thing. Um, but, but uh, for their for their evening stuff, they have a dark site. But that even with that, they it's just it's a nice observatory that's easy to get to if you happen to be in the Flagstaff area. You know, if you're traveling over to go look at uh, the Grand Canyon and you're in Flagstaff um, and you're at all interested, uh, the Lowell Observatory is worth stopping by and just checking out. It's got They've got one of those uh, historical telescopes that was lugged out there back in the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s that is, uh, yeah, I think it was 1894 when it was first established. And, um, and it's kind of cool. I mean, you that know, it sounds like it, uh, you know, and so you can see the, see a little bit of history and how Percival Lowell set the thing up. Uh, you know, the, there's the, the, the Clark telescope that they've got out there. So um, and, and they, they had to ship the, the pieces of the, the glass out there. It's a 61 centimeter, 24 inch, you know, round polished disc that they had to carefully ship out there and make sure it didn't get dinged or cracked or messed up in any way so that uh so that they could use it so anyway a little bit of history it's kind of cool that's cool it would be cool too to see it because there's a huge um a telescope on the big island of hawaii um, yeah yeah there's a reason to go to hawaii i just want to see a telescope go. yeah there you go so yeah. um 
and Maui uh, as well. There's observatories at the top of the uh, volcano in Maui. Um, and that's Haleakala in Ma- Maui, right? Right. In Maui. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, or is that Kilauea? No, Kilauea is on the Big Island. Yeah, Haleakala is on Maui, and and uh, <laughs> both I believe are are you know more than a mile high. So even at the in the uh, warm summer, you get up there and it's cool, and and sometimes there's ice on the ground, and uh, and and you think well, this is Hawaii, but yeah, yeah, it is. You're just way up in the air. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. So. Um, so any sports ball news or tech news, Todd? So um, sports ball. So in the world, oh, basketball, NBA today at noon uh, our time, noon our time, they will start their first preseason games. These aren't official games yet. They're not the eight games that they're going to play before they start their playoffs. This is just preseason warm-up games to get everybody sort of back in shape for, for basketball. Uh, and so the Clippers are playing at noon today, and you can watch it on NBA TV if you have NBA TV through your cable or service provider. Um, I also believe you can watch it on the NBA app, uh, and which is also available on on like Roku and uh, and uh, Google Chromecast and Amazon Fire and Apple TV and blah 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 blah. Um, so do you know who's playing today? So, yeah, well, the Clippers are playing today uh, in their first preseason game. I can't remember who they're playing against. Uh, and then the Lakers are playing tomorrow. Um, and so, you know, if you want to watch a little bit of basketball, noon today and noon tomorrow, you can start doing it. And uh, and so it's, um, you know, it's happening. It, that, that There's a little bit of sports live one of the big three sports is actually happening. Now, baseball has already done some preseason games, so, um, and you can um, go to MLB.com to see what the schedule is. The Clippers are playing the Orlando Magic today at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon our time. Um, so that's the, the first set of games. In fact, that is the first game. There's a 3 p.m. game or a noon, noon game and then a 12.30 game. Uh, and then... Uh, Let's see. This evening, uh, then at four, there's the um, the Nets are playing. Brooklyn Nets are playing New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans Pelicans. And so, um, you know, we're starting to get some some real live games back. It'll be interesting to see um, how many people pay attention. You know, have oh, people? Oh, I think people are so sports starved. I think right some now. are, but I think some people have also found other ways to spend their time, and they're just going to go. Eh. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I know the NBA is hoping that they're going to uh, get people that, you know, and these are just preseason games. So, uh, or, or midseason preseason games. I don't know. How do you, how do you even explain these? These are not I, like official games. They're not really preseason because the season's already halfway through, but they're like restart games, but they're not official games. They're practice games. I don't know. They're scrimmages. There you go. <laughs> That's the right way to say it. That's probably the right word. Scrimmages. Yeah. Is Yeah. They're doing some, some scrimmages prior to the restart. How's that? Um, <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, your NBA stars will be out there. But, uh, you know, the, the Clippers are in the running for the championship, and so they've got a, a, a the first game, and they've got a few big names. And then the second one has the New Orleans Pelicans because they've got the the uh, biggest uh, name in rookies um, playing there. So, um, so you know, it'll, it'll all – It'll all happen. What can we say? It'll all happen. And, uh, you know, we'll see what uh, what becomes, oh, 
uh, oh, the NBA. So far, I, everything that they've said is that in their little bubble down in Disney World, that nobody yet has tested positive, which is really good sign. Good. That they tested That's everybody really coming in and then they've locked it down and said, you know, nobody's going in or out. You can't, you know, go visit your families or anything right now. You're here, you're here. And uh, I've heard some some uh, NBA news people saying, oh, this is never going to work. These guys aren't going to just hunker down. And I'm like, you know, well, guys, get sick. guys that age in the Navy and in the and, and in the military stay away from their family all the time in order to do their job. You know, it's not like it's beyond comprehension that somebody that age could actually be responsible and say, I, this is my job. Um, yes. And, and I thought well, it was and kind they of don't, they understand that if this all shuts down, that's that's their paycheck for the year. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, it, let, let's, they're not stupid. Yeah, very few people have guaranteed paychecks in the NBA. Most of them are, you know, you get at, you see this big big uh, number when they say, "Oh, they they signed a million dollar contract." Well, that breaks down to X amount of dollars per game and you get paid per game. You don't play, you don't get paid. You know, there might be a oh, if you're injured out, but I know that there's an out in the NBA saying if they're shut down, the entire league is shut down for X amount of reasons that they don't get paid. Uh, yeah, because they got no money coming in. Exactly. The owners say, we're not making any money. We can't just keep paying you because we're good people, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, this isn't charity. <laughs> right. It's like, I got no money. I can't help you as much as I would so, love to. Um, I, I, I'm I sure that I will be a basketball widow and then a football widow. And I wonder what's going to happen with the NCAA. Um, you know, will, will they be playing NCAA football to empty stadiums? Will they, you know... Or has that going to, going to be canceled? And you know, yeah. I don't know that the NCAA has come out and said anything. Um, well, e- different leagues around the NCAA has, have come out and said that we're only going to play league games. We're not going to play outside our league. So you know, a lot of teams um, would play, you know, five or six games outside their league, and then they would play their league games. And uh, most of the leagues have said we're not going to play outside of our league a few leagues have said we're not going to play in the fall we might try to play some other time which just calls into question you know whether or not they'll be able to have a real championship if not everybody's playing so well and you know i feel bad for all the kids who are there on scholarship you know and they play in football is how they pay for school yeah yeah and and from what i've heard i've not heard of any of the schools saying sorry we're not playing so we're going to revoke scholarships nobody has said that so they're honoring scholarships as they try to figure out how to make this work. So fair enough, fair enough. You know, uh, which yeah, I mean, if if I, can you imagine if a school said we're not going to honor our scholarships? How once this is over, that would reflect on them in terms of trying to recruit new people. There, everybody would look at that school and go, "Well, I'm not going there." I mean, if anything turns sour in any which way, I'm I'm out left flapping in the wind. Forget it. I'm not going yeah. there. You know. So yeah, that would be yeah, that's true. It would it would put them in a very bad position for recruiting. Yeah. So you know, how long do you think all this lasts? I mean, honestly, I I just I don't know. You know, I don't know. We can't we can't keep the, the the country shut down indefinitely. Yeah, I mean, the California Interscholastic Federation basically shut down all their fall sports and moved them to a December third start instead of a you know August September start. So um, they're saying we're going to give ourselves a few more months. And hopefully everything will be okay and we'll be able to start start it up then. Um, but I don't know. I mean, t- it, realistically, I think it, it, a lot of it, 
is going to rely on whether or not we get a, a working vaccine because a lot of um, uh, a lot of what I've been reading and understanding, if I understand it correctly, is that that despite the fact that there are people who, who maybe have had it, um, had COVID already with no symptoms and therefore uh, might have some some immunity, that that number is still way, way below what it would require for us to have the, the mythical herd immunity uh, and kill off the virus. And so that won't happen until we, we have a, um, a, uh, a working vaccine. And I know there's some, some positive things happening with some of the tests. They're testing a bunch of different vaccines and things are looking very positive. But um, until that actually happens, I just don't know. You know, and earliest I've heard and, is next year. So, and then is this the kind of virus that lives in your body forever in the way that that malaria does, in the way that um, chicken pox or herpes or some of these other viruses where they, they may lay dormant for a while and then you'll, it'll flare up, yeah. um, you know, when your immune system, I mean, you're feeling run. For me, I have, I get cold sores, which mm-hmm. is a herpes virus. Um, you know, I know people tend to think, oh, herpes, it's only the, 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 the genital variety. No, no, no. Far, far, far more people have get cold sores, which is the same virus, just in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank God that I, I, I only have that one. But, um, uh, you know, anytime I feel run down, I start getting cold sores. They start erupting, you yeah. know, on my face. And it's like, oh, my body's feeling, you know, my body needs, needs something. Sleep, better nutrition, something. Yeah. Um, usually it's sleep. Um, or I get a sunburn on my face and then I'll get, I'll get cold sores. Yeah. Um, so, you know, is, is this going to be like that where, yeah, you know, we don't you, know, it'll, it'll erupt, you know, and, and chicken pops, you can have it as a kid and then nothing until you're, um, you know, middle-aged adult or older. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you get shingles, which is very painful. I've had it. And yes, it is. It <laughs> yes. Yes. Incredibly I've had it uncomfortable. too. And it's, it is. Yeah, it so, was incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, and you can get that multiple times. So even if you've had shingles, go get the shingles shot because they do have a two-phase shot that's actually now very effective. The, the original one-phase single shot wasn't real effective. I mean, it, it helped, but it wasn't uh, – and neither uh-huh. of them are 100%. And so and, – and, and when we get the vaccine for COVID, it may be the same way. It may be, you know, well, it's 70% effective, you know, but it's not perfect. And, you know, we've got evidence like the the uh, president of um, um, uh, shoot, what's it uh, in uh, South America, um, Brazil, president Brazil? of Brazil has had it has been tested positive twice, like uh, a month and a half, six weeks apart. He was tested positive. They thought it ran its course. Everything was fine. He was back at work. Uh, he had tested negative in between and then he tested positive again. So, so is that because the test was bad? We or don't know. Was it because yeah, we don't know. We don't know because we do know that there are some some tests uh, and there's different kinds of tests that they've developed because all this got thrown together really really fast. Um, but some of the tests um, have a percentage of of uh, in a, incorrect negatives, and some have some incorrect positives, and. It has to do with the reagent they that they use. I mean, that's what they're saying right now is that, like in the U.S., that we're having trouble doing testing right now because apparently the, we're running low on the reagent, and the reagent is primarily made in China. Of course it is. It is. And, you know, when we shut down people's uh, 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 
uh, offices here, they're they're um, less likely to say, you know, sure, we'll we'll make sure we get that stuff out to you. You know, when we when we're shutting down their consulate, I can just see China going, reagent. Oh yeah, we shipped that. Didn't you get it yet? We sent it over. Huh? I don't know what happened to it. national security problems with having everything done in China. You think? Just saying. You know, and and I, I don't have any issue with outsourcing things to other countries, but when we do it, we should maybe think about how that country is run and what, how they behave. You know? Yes. And if we're going to switch things around, I know a lot of places, uh, uh, companies have said, okay, well, we're not doing things in China. We're, we've got a lot of manufacturing capability in Taiwan. Is that a safe place? No, probably not. And And if it is where we're going to put stuff, are we willing to then protect it? Are we? Well, that's the that, that's the six billion dollar right. question. Right, and it really depends on who's sitting in the Oval Office. I think. Yeah, that's that's the question. I mean, we've we've always been a friend to Taiwan, and mm-hmm. um, uh, but it's been it's been a, a difficult one simply because you know China. We have a relationship with China as well, and they believe that there's only one China, which is why they did what they did to Hong Kong, and and looks like they're leaning towards doing the same thing to Taiwan, and that's mm-hmm. got to be terrifying to the Taiwanese. Yeah. Well, and quite frankly, there's a lot of very small countries along China's borders uh, to the south that at different times in history have been under the rule of the Chinese. At what point, or do at some point they, the Chinese decide that, you know, we should be ruling those spaces too, that we should, you know, why, why are we letting these little, little countries literally... Uh, beneath us on the map, um, you know, exists there when they, you know, are traditionally a Chinese people, you know, and it, and even though a lot of them speak different languages, almost all of them also speak Mandarin. A lot of them do. Or Cantonese. Or Cantonese, yeah. Wow. Well, um, yeah, you know, it's, that's it's a scary, scary time. It's a scary time. It is. Especially for people who live in in Asia, um, I think that you know if you're if you're living in one of those countries or in, a, in one of those borderlands, uh, or especially the the locations like Taiwan or um, or Hong Kong, where China has already asserted its its in, its beliefs and its intentions, um, I I would be very nervous. I would be very nervous. You know, one of my, my dentist uh, recently moved back to Taiwan. He was Taiwanese, and he moved back to Taiwan uh, because he had uh, a father who was ill, and he was unhappy about having to go back to Taiwan. He was nervous about it. He he was happy living in America. He had a good business here. He had to sell his business and pack up and go back to Taiwan because that's what a son does, you know, to help his family. Yeah. But right. uh, but he was not happy about it. <sighs> Yeah, we makes him makes you wonder. You know, what if he could have brought his parents here? Yeah. yeah well, very possible they weren't willing to go, to move. You know. Yeah. Well, when you're old and infirm, I suppose you want to stay where you've always been, and that makes sense. Right. You don't want a you big know, upheaval. Stay, stay where where you know where your friends are. You know, I mean, I, I, I just flip that into my own life and say, like, well, you know, if 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 I tried to tell my parents, like, we need you to move here. You know, I'm the eldest son. I want you to come here where I where I can keep an eye on you and take care of you. They'd look at me like you're nuts. Plus, my baby <laughs> sister lives a couple miles from him. So, yes, and they would tell you you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, there'd be no hesitation, none whatsoever. So, uh, um, 
you know, on paper, it may yeah. seem like the right thing to do, but it's not always the easiest thing to do. Hey, did no. you talk about on the radio show since I came in late due to my uh, my slumber? Uh, did you talk about the uh, algae blooms in the lake? No, did not. So um, I know it's kind of local to uh, to our area, and so it may not be relevant to everybody who's listening, but it's interesting to find out what happens in lakes. Uh, we have a fairly good-sized lake here in the mountains called Big Bear Lake, and they have a water warning out now for harmful algae blooms in the lake. But what I found interesting is if you get towards the end of the story talking about it, it says officials say that fish caught in the lake near Mallard Lagoon should not be eaten until the advisory is lifted. But fillets from fish caught at other locations around the lake are safe to be consumed. Okay, that's one sentence. The very next sentence. The algal bloom conditions in Big Bear Lake can change rapidly, officials said, as the flow of the surface water and winds may mix, move, or concentrate the bloom <laughs> into different areas of the lake. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and so a fish who's eating the algae could therefore be poison and cause you to become ill. So don't eat fish that come out of the areas of the lake where there's algae, but you can eat them from other places. By the way, the algae moves around a lot. <laughs> yeah. So obviously they don't want the fishermen to not come to Big Bear Lake because... They buy bait and lunch and beer and other things that fishermen buy right. and um, and supplies, tackle and all that. Um, uh, but they're, you know, they don't want to they want to make sure that that you that they're warning people. that you know, we really probably shouldn't come, but you should come. Yeah. Catch and release <laughs> people. Just do catch and release. Catch and release. Wear gloves. Uh, if you see anything bright to dull green material near the surface of the water or floating, sometimes resembling spilled paint, then don't touch it. Move out of that area. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that's how they describe the uh, the, the algae bloom. Is a, uh, and the biggest thing, I think, and, and, and I shouldn't say the biggest thing, but um, something that would fear uh, I would fear is I know a lot of people up there live around the lake and they have pets and stuff, and you want to keep your pet out of the water um, because the algae is, it tends to bloom in the shallower waters where the temperatures warm up. And so near shore, where your dog might be running around or you might be tempted to go in and swim, are the areas that are the least safe. And so um, until uh, this passes, you know, and algae blooms come and go. I mean, they, they you know, they have a, a lifespan. They don't, they don't usually last for long periods of time. But uh, while they're there, it's not safe. So, so uh, they didn't mention whether the algae smells bad. There are some algaes, when, yeah. when there's a bloom, it stinks to high heaven. Yeah, well, especially as the algae starts to die off, you know, it's like yes. when it, when it's when it's first going, it may look bright green and actually kind of pretty, and then then it starts turning a dark green as all the algae starts to die off and and clear up. But in order to clear up, it stinks. You're right. And again, in the shallows, the areas where you, as a person walking along the beach, would like to enjoy the 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 you know coastline and the, and the splash in the water. I'm still here. Can you hear me? You can't hear me. Todd. I'm here. Here I are. Huh. Did I lose Aaron? Todd? I'm here. Hello, hello. I are here. Huh. Well, technology. Um, I don't know what to do. Uh, I still hear her. Okay, there you go. I can hear you now. Oh, that's so weird. Sorry. 
I was just, you know, I could hear you saying Todd, Todd. And and so I just, you know, that's technology for you. It's the weirdest thing. Welcome to Skype. Uh, the way we connectify to each other. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, yeah, that makes for really entertaining listening, right? Hello? 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 Can you hear me now? Todd? Can you hear me now? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I just... Uh, like it's your you fault. Know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's Skype. I control the interwebs. Yeah, it's Skype, you know. It's Skype and wireless connections. I mean, the, the two of them, we think they're, they're you know, so reliable and they're sort of reliable. You know, it's like Bluetooth connections. I mean, everybody has Bluetooth headphones and stuff, and Bluetooth is awful. It really is. I mean, it so works. So what technology do you good. like for that, then? Well, there isn't one. They're, they don't have a better solution, so we use Bluetooth because it's the best we got, but it stinks. They, they really need to do something about how it works. And, and later versions of it, you know, they're improving it. You know, each there's there's a consortium that, that gets together and says, hey, how about we have Bluetooth do this or that or the other? Um, and it's gotten better. The sound quality has gotten better. The distance has gotten a little bit better. Uh, the power drain has gotten better. The connecting to and from things is still so clunky in, in so many ways. Yeah. You know, trying to attach something to Bluetooth. If you have Bluetooth headphones and you want to attach to your phone and then you want it to attach to your laptop because you're doing a Zoom meeting. Oh, and then you want to listen to your iPad. Um, it's such a pain to move it back and forth. And Apple has gotten a little bit better with their devices and their little T1 chips. You can hold your device next to it and it like automatically recognizes it in pairs. But even that sometimes doesn't work. It's just, eh, eh, uh. and then you're, you're, you're walking along and suddenly one ear will go dead and then it'll come back or, you know, it, it's just, eh, eh, uh, not a fan. Ah, humbug. You can't stay off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. It makes you wonder what kind of technology they'll have, you know, ten years from now. Things have yeah. changed so much in the last ten years. We're going to get a blend of something like um, idiocracy, where we're going to have some technologies that are even better than we got now. We're going to have a whole bunch of people who have no idea how they work and how to fix them, and they're all broken. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's my vision of the future. This is what happens when I, I, I wake up late. I wake up grumpy and, and very, very pessimistic. <laughs> how, do, how do you feel pessimistic? How did you sleep? Grumble, Pessimistically. Grumble, grumble. Yeah. Grumble, so, grumble. Uh, Elon Musk has said that he is uh, going to change the alloy that he used for his Cybertruck, the one that he did, showed off last uh, year and showed everybody the weird triangular looking thing. Um, uh, it's uh, the Cybertruck is built with an exterior shell made for ultimate durability and passenger protection, starting with a nearly impermeable, impenetrable exoskeleton. Every component is designed for superior strength and endurance from ultra hard, 30 times cold rolled stainless steel structural skin and Tesla armored glass. Now, if you recall, the armored glass that was supposed to be bulletproof, he then uh, took a piece of wood and shoved it through the glass and broke it and and the demo didn't go so well yeah that was very public i remember that yeah yeah so um yeah he he said that they're rapidly changing alloy constituents and forming methods so traditional names like 304l will become more of an approximation 
So he's not using necessarily that specific alloy of steel, um, but basically it's still stainless steel. He's just, they're changing the alloy. They're play, playing with the metallurgy to see what makes more sense, which so, you would expect them to do, I guess. That's cool. Is everybody walking around or driving around in a bulletproof, you know, off-roading vehicle like yeah, I wonder. If, I wonder if it's going to become like really popular with like the gangster guys, you know? It's like, That's oh, what yeah. I'm thinking. It's who like, who yeah, would buy one of those? I'm going to be in my space truck because you can't shoot me. <laughs> right? Scary. Yeah. Scary, scary. As, so, as proven by the demonstration of the windows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, so things that didn't happen to me Scientists have discovered a rare gene that uh, acts as a natural epidural for women with high pain tolerance during childbirth. You know, I've heard about women, these mythical women who for whom childbirth is no big deal. They the baby's <laughs> born quickly. That's not I was not yeah. so lucky. Yeah. No, I yeah. know what you mean. There are these people who seem to be like made for having babies. Right, exactly. And um and so uh, only about one in 100 women, which is actually, that's a lot, um, mm -hmm. have the variant, which reduces the ability of nerve cells to send pain signals to the brain. Uh, the, the gene then acts as a natural epidural. It may explain why, why childbirth is, a less, is less painful for a small number of women. Uh -huh. uh, scientists put a group of women, all of whom gave birth without requesting pain relief through a number of exercises to test their resistance to discomfort, mm -hmm. including applying heat and pressure to their arms and asking them to plunge their hands in the icy water. And, and when they were compared to the, the other group, the mothers who didn't have this variant, um, they had a much higher threshold yeah. before they experienced pain. Yeah, I think that that's that there's always been a a you know there's a curve on the on how people sense pain, and some people are much more tolerant of pain than others, and some people are like much more sensitive to it, and it it bothers them significantly more, you know, and that's not has nothing to do with how tough you are or you know what your mental makeup is. It's just you physically experience it differently than the person next to you, and now that they've found proof, so that makes yeah sense. I would suspect that they, that that um, if not the same gene, the same kind of thing will be found with men as well. I think that there are some uh, people who just experience pain differently than others. Um, that said, generally speaking, I think women tolerate pain better than men across the board. Really? Yeah, been my experience. Women are tough. Yeah. Women are tough. But, you know, we go to the doctor and we are very often treated as just being hysterical. I know. You know? and ignored and put off and it's very frustrating yeah it's it's very frustrating and when the standard of care is for a man and a woman is different physiologically mm -hmm. um that's frustrating because you know how can my standard be you because you're male you're different than me yeah you know what i mean yeah. that's frustrating. yeah absolutely it's hard to believe that in this day and age that there still is not a whole lot of, I mean, there's a lot, there's people working at it, but, but there's still not a lot of study just talking about the difference of, of, of uh, between men and women and how they, they biologically and physiologically are different. Um, yep. you know, and how they react to things like pain and how, how, uh, you know, things like viruses maybe behave differently in men and women just because, you know, of the different differences in their physiology. And, uh, you know, it's, there's, yes. it's just, um, it's you know, frustrating. It is. I mean, not for me. But, <laughs> you know, 
but uh, <laughs> you know, I can empathize. <laughs> you have a wife, you know. Yeah, I got daughters. I get it. You got daughters. <laughs> and they're tough. They have to be because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. you do. I do. I do. I love my wife. I love my daughters. I want them to get the best medical care that can possibly be given to them so that they be healthy and happy and have wonderful lives. I remember once, and I was pregnant at the time, and this, this, I met this, this guy uh, at work, and his wife had just had a baby. We must have worked together. It was so long ago, I don't remember. But um, his wife had just had a baby, and, and he was talking about, oh, she was so good. She didn't get the epidural, even though she really wanted it because it was expensive, and I'm so proud of my wife, and blah, blah. And I'm looking at him going, you're a monster. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea how much that hurts. What you put her through. Yeah. Jerk. Save a few bucks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, did you finance your car? Yeah. He's (laughs) probably he's probably the first guy who who to to go break open a bottle of Advil when he gets a you know, stubs his toe or something. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Although we've all known people who like, ah, just rub dirt on it. You know, that's just their attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, I have to say, in the middle of the night, I had to get up, and I, uh, when I was going back to bed, I stubbed my pinky toe, toe on the, on the, on the bed, like the, mm-hmm. the base of my bed. Holy cow! I thought I'd broken it. It hurt so mm-hmm. bad. I broke a toe once doing that, just before I was getting into bed, walking around, shutting off lights and stuff in the house, locking up, <laughs> and I literally broke a toe. Wow, I don't think it's broken because it, it yeah. hurts this morning, but it doesn't hurt that bad. I but walked through it the was house, robbing last night. You know, got everything done, hit it, said a few choice words, and then marched upstairs <laughs> to our bedroom. And as I got to the top of the stairs, it was really throbbing, and I reached down, and it was—I could feel it. it was kind of bent the wrong way, and oh. I, so so I just bent it back and got in bed. Did you and really? I well, did. I guess they can't really do anything for you. Can't splint a pinky toe. That was kind of my thinking at the time. So it's like all they're going to do is tape it. They're going to, you know, put it straight and buddy tape it to the next toe. So I uh, got in bed, and then the next morning I woke up and I'd forgotten all about it and swung my feet around to stand up and I stood up and fell over because of the pain when my foot oh. touched the ground. Um, and I looked down and it was all black and blue. And so I. Uh, called the doctor and went in and uh they looked at it took x-rays and said well you said it pretty well <laughs> said, yep it's did broken did they tape it to you the next toe that's what they did they just taped it up said well you did a good job here ice yeah. it take some advil yeah pretty much it was like yeah yeah it's broken yeah and you said it you know it's like we're, we're, we don't need to do anything the the orthopedic guy looked at it and went yeah that's fine you did a good job oh that's funny okie dokie so yeah. we are at the sh- at the end of the show for today. We are the whole show and nothing the but the show. show. It's been a really big shoot. <laughs> you have to be really old Today's to get that one. Today's been a day where you're like, I just wish I'd stayed in bed. I just, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just one of those days. <laughs> just truck on through. Well, I've got an, an eye appointment later, and so I'm going to to uh, wrap my body in 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 you know germ free cloth so that I can go out amongst the world and be safe. And uh, go get my eyes tested. I've been having eye problems for the last couple of weeks. And even when I'm with reading glasses, sometimes I have trouble focusing. And my eyes have been burning. And I've had allergy issues before, but I've never had this um, where that's, I that's sometimes weird. in the evening, it feels like somebody has taken lemon juice and rubbed it in my eyes. 
and Ouch. and it just stings and burns and it'll last for 45 minutes or so and then it'll finally pass and and when it happens my nose will start running and I'll start itching and sneezing so I know it's allergies but I'd never had that before um, and I actually found an over-the-counter um, eye drops that are antihistamine eye drops and those have helped but uh, I'm going to go get my eyes checked just to be on the safe side to make sure nothing else is going on. And maybe also I spent I'm I'm a couple years overdue for an eye test anyway. And, and I know I need reading glasses and I suspect I maybe need something more now. So doesn't getting older suck. Oh, so much, <laughs> so much. It's indescribable how much this is not fun. So yeah. anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, everybody. Thank you.